This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has axed the African-American Studies AP course from Florida Public Schools, and the College Board has, perhaps in response, slimmed down the curriculum. David Beto is author of numerous books on TRM Howard and the too-soon-forgotten Mutual Aid Societies. We spoke about teaching African-American history, how curricula get designed, and the proper role of the state last month. As of this recording, uh, it was last month when uh, Governor Ron DeSantis announced that Florida would not be offering AP African-American studies in uh, public schools in the state of Florida. And one, I guess, what was your initial reaction to that as a historian? My initial reaction is I need to look more into this simply because I am well aware (laughs) of how impoverished these political debates are. You know, there's usually another side. There's another side to the question. There's a third side to the question. And there is certainly here. And it's, it's in some ways a plague on both your houses. But you need to look at these things closely, because if you rely on the media, if you rely on the right wing, you know, talk shows, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get the full picture. So that was sort of my re- media reaction. Well, this this doesn't sound good, but I I want to look into this a little bit. So, I, I mean, I am not a supporter of government run education in general, uh, but to, we we know that these schools are probably going to exist well into the future. Um and to the extent that they do exist, we should try to do right by the young people who attend those institutions. So uh, having looked at the AP African-American Studies curriculum, uh, what do you think of it? Um, it strikes me is a lot of it is is very trendy, um, uh, 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 pretty ideological, ideo- ideological, a lot of concern about theory, a, a lot of concern about inside, I don't know what you would call it, inside politics. Like there's a lot of discussion there in the proposed curriculum about black studies programs, for example, right? About um, these these kinds of activist movements that I, I think are kind of sort of, in, I don't know what you'd call them, that are limited often to college campuses that are fairly narrow. And all that's fine, right? A lot of complaint about queer studies and so forth. That's not an area that I've done a lot of work in, but it's certainly, I think, legitimate academic discourse. Uh, But it seems to be a focus on a lot of these theoretical issues, a lot of these sort of inside baseball issues. When I, you know, if I were writing it, I would like to see a lot more detail about, for example, um, you know, American history. It does mention the Washington Du Bois debate, which I think is is important, but that debate really is oversimplified, right? Washington behind the scenes was much more of a promoter of civil rights than Du Bois. That whole element is missing. You know, I think that they had the Washington's uh, talk mentioned at the uh, Atlanta Exposition, which was a talk before a wide audience where he's making a pitch to them. There's a lot more to that debate. So it oversimplifies some of these things. Now, 
I have quibbles about it. I'm sure people would have quibbles about anything I design. Certainly, I'd probably have quibbles about anything uh, Governor DeSantis designs. So how do we get out of this? Rather than have a debate about the merits of the curriculum, all I think that's that's interesting. Why not open this up? It's sort of like, uh, you know, why not have a kind of version of school choice here, right? We, we claim to favor... You know, some libertarians say abolish the public schools, right? I'd be in that category. Some say, well, in the meantime, let's have some element of school choice, which seems to be the dominant position. Well, why not have choice introduced here? And instead of having one sort of monopoly organization, this college board, which is kind of, it's a private organization, but it's one of these things that's privileged. You know, it designs the AP courses. It is the authority. It appoints the panel of experts, and it's all a very closed system. Why not instead create a system of a competing uh, 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 curricula, right? Uh, competing standards. Because right now, if you teach an AP course, you teach to the, you teach to the test. If you're a high school teacher, so you're going to be failing your students unless you say, okay. Uh, intersectionality, you know, again, that, that within limits, all of that is certainly legitimate. Um, uh, we're going to require this, we're going to require that. When you might feel, if I were in that position, I would teach the course a lot differently. Um, but, you know, if I could just teach students about African-American studies, all right, I have, I have my own way of teaching it. And as a college professor, most college professors still Maybe that's changing. They have a lot of freedom about how they teach it. But these poor AP high school teachers, they have no freedom. They've got to teach the test. And so why not open it up multiple curricula that school, I would say, ideally, that teachers can choose from, that schools can choose from. Now, you know, I sort of like the idea of getting rid of the curriculum at completely. I was on the course of studies um, uh, helping to write the course of studies for Alabama. I was on a sort of dissident committee that went through it and helped to write it, which was the overall standards for K through 12. And I came to the conclusion at the end, I could shoehorn stuff I think are, is important here. Other people will fight me on it. Why not just burn this, destroy it, and let teachers have freedom in public schools to teach the way they want? And I think that that's a good standard to have. So if we're going to have AP, if there's going to be an official standard, let's have multiple tests, right? Um, let's have multiple curriculum that can, people can choose from. If they want to choose this, that's fine. If colleges want to accept it or reject it, that's up to them. Um, so to me, that strikes me as a way out of this. But both sides have to give a little bit on this. So uh, one, you are very clearly in favor of the importance and legitimacy and uh, the power of African-American history uh, being taught to young people. But I, I want to note a, note a couple of things. Uh, one of your criticisms of this curriculum is that there's a, there are a whole lot of stories that are not being told about entrepreneurship, about success about in terms of black entrepreneurship i want to i want to make note of something at least in, in like social entrepreneurship 
Uh, you wrote a book uh, a little over 20 years ago called From Mutual Aid to the Welfare State, and black Americans, having been shut out of a lot of uh, traditional American institutions started creating their own mutual aid societies that, uh, you know, you know, we would know Mutual of Omaha as a uh, sort of a legacy of uh, mutual aid. But what, you know, what, what else was missing in terms of the importance, uh, the important stories of black American success? Well, that was missing. Um, uh, entrepreneurship uh, issues were missing. Um, you, you, they did, I believe Zora Neale Hurston was, was briefly mentioned, you know, I, I think it's, you know, uh, one aspect, some aspects of Zora Neale Hurston, uh, I would certainly, uh, discuss like her, her anti-communism. I had the students read Du Bois in his phase where he was very much pro-communist. This is in the 1950s. He really was. And, you know, she did an essay at the same time, which was a very, which was a strong critique of communism, both geared to the black experience. And I would have the students compare and contrast that. But th that kind of, you know, that kind of element is missing. I, you know, I would just say, you know, um, I, I, the big things that I saw missing was the, 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 the you know, the, the, the role of black entrepreneurship, the role of black mutual aid, um, the debates about, you know, in the early 20th century, what, what evidence is there of, of black progress, for example, there is some, there is plenty of evidence, um, but it's not fashionable to talk about it, that there was the rise of a black middle class. In fact, that black middle class really helped to bring about the modern civil rights movement, created the necessary infrastructure. Well, Booker T. Washington predicted that there would eventually be a black president, believe it or not. Said some, and people were like shocked by this. Um, but his strategy was, he was very much a promoter of civil rights in the here and now, but his view was, look, you have to build a, a, a social and entrepreneurial um, and economic infrastructure to be successful in pressing that. And that's actually what happened. So in the 1950s, when the movement starts to flower in a big way, it comes out of these earlier institutions. So that that richness is missed, I think, in this, in the AP um, uh, curriculum. One thing that I, I also want to note, and this uh, I think. Although, let me say, let me just say that it's a mixed bag. There's some good, there's some things in it, you know, that, that, that look interesting that I would agree with, but you can't have a one best system. People are going to teach different ways and that's inevitable. Things are going to be left out and included. And it's trying to design a one best system. And I just don't think that's going to work. And it's, it's, it's doing it by bringing in a lot of recent ideological conflicts and disagreements and debates and things like that, that's fine, but it, it seems overloaded with that stuff. One thing that you noted before we started recording was that uh, for students who take AP courses, these are often the best students in high school. They typically will opt in to AP courses for certain subject matters so that they can avoid those courses when they go to college. And uh, so uh, I don't know if this is a complaint or not, but you said, hey, I don't always get the best students in for some courses because they've tested out 
and they, they've received everything they're ever going to know about some subject matter in high school. It, it, it was a complaint, not that anybody, you know, sort of like the inevitable, this is what it is, right? We got to accept it. But my colleagues want good students. So it was a complaint, um, you know, gripe about it a little bit. I think they'd gripe more about whether or not we're going to take the history requirements from the local community college, right? That would be more of a debate. We'd have more control over that. But AP sort of was like, that's just the way it is, right? Live with it, you know? But so, yeah, we were deprived of some very good students. And I could certainly, there were courses I had when I would have loved to have had a, a bigger group there of students that were engaged, that wanted to talk, that wanted to discuss, um, you know, what I was talking about. We're interested in it. You alluded to the way out of this. Uh it, it for conservative and uh, or I should say Republican leaning ideologues and uh, leftists who have you know very different opinions about if this this subject matter ought to be taught to high school students and if so what should be taught to high school students what do you see as the way out of it what what do both sides have to give in order to get out of this kind this sort of endless uh, Neil McCluskey at the Cato Institute would say inevitable fight over wh uh, what views predominate within public schools. The only way I see getting out of it is 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 school choice for parents to be able to send their kids to particular schools. And and there is a good argument here that uh, schools, you know, if you're if you're running just one school, you have no choice. There's a there are arguments on both sides. One argument is that American history in general is given short shrift at um, at that level, right? Students don't know, you know, who George Washington, they know who he was, I suppose, but they don't know a lot of things, right? They don't know when the, you know, the Pearl Harbor attack was or when Columbus sailed. These are some basic information about American history that students don't know. So I actually see some merit to the argument is why are you, you know, why are we doing African-American studies? Um, I don't know if these are for courses necessarily. I guess they're AP courses, so yeah. Um, isn't that more of a college thing? I mean, I guess I see the arguments on both sides. But again, you know, um, students might be, you might have a case where a student is just that, get, they're into that, right? They really want to learn about that stuff, and they're engaged in it. Um, so I think school choice is the way to go. You might have certain schools that they have a more of a Afrocentric curriculum. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let parents choose that. But we're getting into these battles, and I think including among some libertarians. I you know I know some socially conservative libertarians that have gotten into these kinds of debates, right? Um, and about what the public schools should do. And it sucks away a lot of energy. And I think school choice is a good short-term way. I think that the energy should go in that direction. And frankly, there's been a lot of victories recently. School choice is on the march. Um, why not, as libertarians, let's put more and more emphasis there. And that's an interesting question as to whether you know, um, that might be a way to to answer someone like DeSantis. It says, well, 
bring in school choice to some extent they have enhanced school choice. And then if schools want to, you know, use this particular uh, um, or, you know, you know, if they want to do this particular curriculum, they can, but have some choice. David Beto is author of From Mutual Aid to the Welfare State and two books on TRM Howard. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 